Pressure. Steps away. Throwing in. Incomplete. The Packers are going to win it. Devondre Campbell says no, no. He got his hands on it. And Green Bay's going to hang on. One thing we always talk to our guys about, how do you respond when adversity strikes? And I thought our defense, you know, allow a touchdown there on the two-minute drive and reset themselves and play that final play. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. this guy, but I feel like we should start tonight's show by patting ourselves on the back a little bit. All of us. Every single one of us. Giving ourselves some props. Uh, Because Packers Buccaneers yesterday, we were right about everything. Every single part of that game, we were 100% right about. When we were previewing Packers Bucks on Thursday and on Friday, we nailed it. We nailed it all. We said this was going to be a Big Ten West game, and I don't know about you, yesterday I... I thought I had to rub my eyes a little bit. I thought I was watching Northwestern versus Iowa at 11 a.m. in the rain in Evanston, in Iowa City. It didn't you, I could have sworn that they were playing Big Ten games yesterday. That's how this game looked. It ended 14 to 12. And on Friday, I remember this very well, we nailed it. He said, because of this being a Big Ten West game, right, we got to pay attention to Big Ten West things. What matter? What, what are the important things in a Big Ten West game? Well, you got to win the turnover battle. Each team had two yesterday, and each turnover was devastating. Cost the Packers six points. They're right on the goal line. The Buccaneers had two fumbles to kill them. Red zone conversion was huge. Packers were two of three, and the one time they didn't convert almost cost them the game. Tampa Bay only got there once. They scored. Think of all the penalties. We talked about penalties that doomed drives yesterday. It just killed possessions. Oh, 10-yard penalty? 10-yard holding call? Eh. Drive is done. Just don't lose more yardage. Protect the punt. Get a good punt off. We also said that if just one team could hit a home run play yesterday, that that would be a massive advantage. That could decide the game. Well, the Packers' longest play was a Randall Cobb 40-yard catch and run. That ended in a fumble. And the Buccaneers' longest play was a Jalen Darden 25-yard catch. So neither team had a big play of consequence yesterday. And that was a huge factor in this game basically becoming a 60-minute traffic jam. The 60-minute gridlock the whole time. I say all that to say this. We were right. We were right about everything. This is as dialed in as this show has ever been on a game. We nailed it. So job well done. And the Packers were able to win. I said first to 20 would win this game. If the Packers just scored 21 points before halftime, the game would have been over. But we had to sweat it out. 14 to 12. The Packers win yesterday. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had an outstanding weekend. Well, how was my weekend? Well, since he asked, uh, I went to visit my parents. It was so nice. It was my dad's birthday uh, yesterday. Uh, I don't know how old he is. And even if I did, I don't know if he'd want me announcing that. But happy birthday, dad. Went out and had a nice dinner after seeing a Packers win. It was great. Sat outside, enjoyed some sunshine. It was a lovely weekend. Now, the Badgers game on Saturday night wasn't great. uh, But, you know, if it was my birthday weekend, one for one, Packers getting a big win against Tom Brady, I'd take it. So it was nice this weekend. Got to visit my dad. And uh, now we set our sights on Oktoberfest next weekend. God, I'm excited. Later this week, we're going to have a guest or two to maybe tell some Oktoberfest stories. 
very much looking forward to that. But that's next weekend. I hope you had a great couple of days. You watched lots of football or you spent some time outside or you just relaxed. Hope your weekend was great. You can text and call the show tonight if you'd like, 608-796-2558. And you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. We have a new segment tonight. Yeah, we're going to unveil a new segment at 445. I tweeted something out about about an hour ago at Wisco Grant, and I said it is going to be the hip football cousin of the NBA Lounge. Now, the NBA Lounge is going to be a couple months till we get that back, but I, I think what I've cooked up, and I think we're going to do it on Mondays, probably 445 is just a good time for it, because that gives us time to react to the Packer game, and then we're going to do this new segment. Uh, the title is Club NFL. <laughs> I'm very excited. That's coming up in about 45 minutes. Got some cuts that I want to play for you throughout the show tonight. Uh, some words from Aaron Rodgers, some words from Tom Brady. It was interesting hearing his thoughts on this game yesterday. And at 530, uh, maybe we'll talk some college football as well. I was thinking, getting ready for the show today, that maybe we'd start the show with a little uh, jab at our Badgers, as I like to do from time to time. Something like this, one of my more my favorite bits. Something like, uh, wow, uh, Wisconsin-Ohio State, big rivalry game on Saturday. We should give that game the time it deserves. We should talk about that game. So the Packers, like, I love doing that to the Badgers, like, making a bit like I'm going to talk about them and then not. But the problem is you make one joke on this network and you get labeled a hater. Uh, So I'm not a Badgers hater. Not going to do that. We're going to talk about them in the second half of the show. We'll do that at 530 or so. Packers-Buccaneers yesterday made me lose my cool. I I lost my cool during Packers-Bucks yesterday, and I almost never do that. I was watching with my parents, and I was watching with my girlfriend. And she's watched enough Packer games with me. Like, I'm pretty even-keeled. I don't do a lot of yelling. And at one point, I'm like, I don't think I've ever acted like this during a Packer game in front of you. She's like, no, you have not. I have not seen this from you. I felt the gravity of this game, especially in the second half. It was weighing down on me like a like a big stone just crushing my chest. First and foremost, the weight of this game was huge because the Packers got to get over 500. The Vikings won very fluky game yesterday. I'm not respecting the Vikings win after yesterday. And I'm not sure that I'm really respecting the Vikings either. But they did get to 2-1 and one yesterday. The Lions look good. There's going to be some teams to tangle with in the NFC North. And who knows about the rest of the NFC. There's so much we don't know through three weeks. So I want my Packers to get over 500. So we needed to do that. Also, Tampa Bay was without Mike Evans, Godwin, Julio. You know this. We talked about this a lot. Akeem Hicks, the offensive line is in shambles. I don't need to remind you. Everyone that Tampa Bay was missing. So if the Packers couldn't win this game, what would happen in a full-strength matchup? Like, if the Packers would have lost 24-10 to 10 yesterday, it's like, well, what does that mean when Evans and Godwin and some of these offensive linemen come back later in the year? Does that mean the Packers just can't beat this Tampa Bay team? Well, they did, luckily, but I felt the weight. Like, man, if this if this falls apart, this is, this is not good, not good, not good. And also the Packers got up 14-3 to very early. They were moving the ball, jumped on the Bucks early. And if they could have punched in the ball one more time before half or even made a field goal, it would have been over. I said on Friday, first to 20 points wins. 17 was all you needed to win comfortably yesterday. I mean, this game was a slog. It would have made Barry Alvarez and Kirk Ferentz proud, right? And the, the game for the Packers couldn't have started better. The Packers were two yards away from ending this game before halftime. They were right on the doorstep. That was it. That would have been 21-3 to games over because Tampa Bay couldn't score. They couldn't score 14 points the rest of the game. They barely scored a touchdown. It took them the entire second half and maybe a little prevent defense against the tired Packers defense to get in there. Packers could have put this away before half. So I'm spending the entire second half watching this game and thinking, oh my God, if the Packers let this get away and the Packers lose this game, God help us all. Right? And I was thinking yesterday, 
what are we going to talk about this week if the Packers lose this game? What is my show going to sound like tomorrow and the rest of the week if the Packers lose this game? If the Packers were to lose 17-14 instead of winning 14-12, right? What would we be talking about today? This is a fun game to play. I think we'd be talking about the Aaron Jones fumble. There's a couple different directions you can go with the Aaron Jones fumble. First, it's the most Packers thing I've ever seen in my life. I wrote that down. I I just was laughing at my laptop. I'm like, that fumble's the most Packers thing I've ever seen. They can do no wrong. They're moving the ball up and down the field. They're comfortable on the road. They look like they might cruise to this win. Their defense is dialed in. Oh, of course, Aaron Jones. Yeah, of course. That was the one thing that I wasn't thinking about. Yes, of course, Aaron Jones fumbled. That's the most Packers thing I've ever seen. And another thing on Aaron Jones, I don't know if a running back can have a clutch gene, but if a running back can have a clutch gene, Aaron Jones most certainly does not have that gene because this guy fumbles at the worst times. I guess it was better in this game that he fumbled on Tampa's five-yard line instead of his own five-yard line like he did in the NFC Championship game two years ago, right? But I digress. We'd probably be talking about the Aaron Jones fumble. We'd certainly be talking about what happened to the Packers' offense after the Aaron Jones fumble. They folded. This offense just tips over. The slightest inconvenience. We saw it against San Francisco in the playoffs. We saw it against Minnesota in week one. And after the fumble, the offense went three and out, three and out, three and out, interception, three and out. You watch the game. I don't need to keep going. All right? And if the Packers have lost this game, I would have been very anti-Matt LaFleur today. Because as this offense is going three and out, three and out, three and out, I'm thinking, hey, coach, could you do something? Say something? Call something? You got nothing over there? You're just at a loss as this offense is just stumbling and stumbling and can't do anything. I think today we'd probably be talking about that running into the punter penalty. That could have, or perhaps should have, been a holding in the end zone, which would have been a safety. And then the Packers were up 16-6 to the whole game. Then the game is over. And I wouldn't have had to sweat at all in the second half. Instead, Tampa gets to punt again. It ends up being like a 30-yard field position swing. By the way, for field position enthusiasts... Big Ten football fans alike. A day for you yesterday between Packers and Bucks, and then Broncos Niners at night. Just a big field position day, which in 2022, we don't often see in the NFL. So it was a nice little renaissance. I enjoyed it. I don't know that I need to see it a lot. We probably would have talked about those things that the Packers lost yesterday. So by holding on and winning 14 to 12, the Packers saved us from those talking points. Instead today, we get to talk about winning ugly. That's great. Right? I think Matt LaFleur said today, well, we'll never apologize for winning. We will just win and then make corrections and get better. I love that. Love winning ugly. Good teams should be able to win ugly. Right? And honestly, for the state of the Packers roster with their injuries at wide receiver and their offensive line still kind of coming together and they have some youth in important spots, it's okay to win an ugly game if you're a depleted Packers offense and a depleted roster like that. It's okay to win ugly. For Russell Wilson and the Broncos, not so much. That game was disgusting last night. I don't really know what their excuse is. It's um, it's 4-12. <laughs> uh, make it 4-13 if you're counting along at home. First mention of Russell Wilson. That team's 0-3 in my book. Maybe we'll talk about them later. We can talk about Romeo Dubs today. Or Dobbs. Dubs, Dobbs. Whatever. <laughs> Guy, it's Dobbs. We can talk about Romeo Dobbs today. What a confidence-boosting game that's got to be. And maybe for the other young wide receivers as well. Christian Watson watches this game and thinks, oh, well, if he can do it, I can do it too. Here's Dobbs after the game last night. Most definitely, you know. Um, I mean, this, you know, this can possibly be, you know, including myself, some of our only years, you know, just being a participant of this team. Yeah, it feels good to win, man. I mean, the game was just moving on forward to the next opponent, so. Matt LaFleur on the very, very uh, 
monotone Romeo Dobbs. More opportunity, and we knew that we were going to have to give him some more ops, and he took advantage of those. And I think you guys can all see his acceleration, his strong hands, and, you know, Aaron was giving him some good balls, and he was taking advantage of it. Certainly, I thought, you know, for the most part, the protection was pretty good, and he took advantage of the opportunity. I thought Greg Olson said this early in the game, and I actually thought, you know, in my head, because I don't say these things out loud, watching with people, that would have been weird. I thought in my head, that is a good point from a color commentator that used to play, right? Greg Olson was a pass catcher in the NFL for a long time. He understands it. He said for a young player, it's huge to come into a game knowing that your targets and your opportunities won't be limited, right? Because when the ball comes your way, there's a certain pressure of thinking, well, if I don't catch this ball, he's going to go to Watkins. He's going to go to Cobb. He's going to go to Watson. But in a game like yesterday's where Romeo Dobbs was really their best option, Knowing that his opportunities wouldn't be limited, that's got to be a mentally freeing feeling for a wide receiver in Romeo Dobbs. So, obviously, Matt LaFleur talking about that last night. I thought Greg Olson was wise for pointing that out on the broadcast and taught us something, which is an occurrence that's all too rare when listening to broadcasters. So, we can talk about Romeo Dobbs tonight and this week. We can talk about Randall Cobb. And I am kind of skeptical of the whole 32-year-old Randall Cobb thing. It's like, okay, so we bring him back because he's your buddy and... I'm a little skeptical of the cop thing, but something I noticed yesterday and I wrote down, his body control is so, so good. It's so good. He's not the fastest. He's not the biggest or the strongest. He's never been the fastest, biggest or strongest. But at age 32, you know, he's really good at, he's really good at the little things. Early in the game, I think it was on the first or the second drive, Rodgers basically threw a safety valve pass out to him on the boundary. It was on the far sideline as we watched on our TV. And there were two Tampa Bay defenders right there, and I thought they'd wrap him up. And Cobb, as he's catching the ball, just makes the most subtle little fake towards the sideline and then immediately snaps back to the middle of the field. And it was that slight little fake that got both the defenders moving. And then he ran for like 10 or 12 yards. If I was a Buccaneers fan on that play, I'd be like, what the hell? You just let a 32-year-old Randall Cobb run by you. But it was... The slight little, the, the smallest little thing, the body control things. He avoids hits and just these subtle little gestures to, to fake out defenders and get yards after the catch. It's actually pretty impressive. Now, he's really old, and I don't want this guy to stay healthy. Like, I, I'm still a little skeptical on how good and, and, you know, how helpful Randall Cobb can be. But a couple of plays yesterday, I'm like, man, there he does bring some things to the table. Randall Cobb is a crafty player. We could talk about Randall Cobb this week. And, of course... We can talk about the Packers' defense. Uh, A cool stat yesterday from Greg Amon, I believe it's pronounced. Not Allman, Amon, like an all. That's a tool, I believe, that is an all. Now I'm going to look it up. Is it A-W-L or is it A-U-L? A small pointed tool for piercing holes, especially in the other. See, I was right. Greg Allman says, entering today, the Packers were 3-27 and since the start of 2008, when Rodgers became the starter, when scoring 14 points or less. The three W's have been versus Trubisky, Cutler, and Sanchez. Two Bears. Yikes. Today, they scored 14 and beat Brady. Defense and special teams. Folks. Tweets one match, Nideman. But that stat coming from Greg Allman, who covers the Bucks for the Athletics. You can follow him and read more on yesterday's game if you'd like. The defense and the special teams playing pretty flawless yesterday. And the defense even going beyond not making mistakes, but making some splash plays of their own. Quay Walker forcing a fumble. I want to talk about Quay coming up next. The Quay, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Quay Walker. I went to church yesterday, so I'm in, in a preachy mood. 
Mr. Quay Walker, what a game. I want to talk about him coming up next, and I'd love to chat with you. 608-796-2558. You can text and call, and you can tweet me at Wisco Grant. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you had a great weekend. Glad you're here, and I'm glad we get to talk about a Packers win. Badgers, uh, not so much. We'll get to them in the second half of the show. We'll get to them at 530. 608-796-2558. Some heavy hitters. Sending some texts in. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, when you're right, you're right, and you were right. We, we were right, Mike. We were Oh, we are so right on this game. Oh, my God. Everything we said on Thursday and Friday, we nailed this game. Hector in Onalaska, he says, not to toot my own horn, but I also called on Thursday and talked about how Romeo was finally going to have his day. Got that right. So, toot, toot. Hey, I said we. I Look, I don't think I heard any bad takes about this game last week. Just everyone as a collective unit. I think we killed it. Jared in DeForest. Eight targets, eight catches. That's got to do wonders for earning Rodgers' coveted confidence. <laughs> Dobbs looked great. Keep going to him until proven otherwise. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if Rodgers needs trust from a wide receiver or if that's just his really nice way of saying, I, I won't throw to guys who stink. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know if it's trust. I just don't think Rodgers will throw to bad receivers. So maybe we should say they don't need to gain Rogers' trust. They just need to not stink. Uh, and Romeo Dobbs, at least early, does not look like he stinks. Thanks for the text, guys. You can also find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Please follow me. I'd appreciate it. The biggest play, I think, defensively last night, other than Devondre Campbell's pass breakup on the two-point conversion, that was the play that sealed the deal. So I think that's probably the play that was the biggest. But Quay Walker's forced fumble before halftime was Jibongus. Okay, because think of the, the alternative. If Tampa continues that drive, goes down and scores six, it's 14-10. It's not 14-3. And we basically have a wash at halftime. Yeah, the Packers are up four points, but the Buccaneers are going into the locker room thinking, man, we couldn't have started worse, and yet we're down four at home. <sighs> we, we got this. It's fine. And that's after Green Bay dominated the first half. You cannot have that vibe at halftime. You might not believe in momentum, you know, taking momentum into the locker room or, or taking momentum into next week or taking momentum into the next drive or play. You might not believe in momentum, but you have to agree that that forced fumble saved the vibes, right? That was some juice after the Aaron Jones fumble that was right on the goal line. Damn it, we got to not do that, Aaron Jones. Just he fumbles at the worst time, the opposite of the clutch gene. And I know he's a running back and running. It's not basketball. Like you can't have a clutch gene, but Aaron Jones does not have the clutch gene. (laughs) But Quay Walker's forced fumble saved the vibes. It got the Packers to the locker room up 14 to three. And remember, they were getting the ball out of halftime. So the Packers opened the third quarter by going down, driving for a touchdown. That effectively ends the game. Tampa was not scoring more than six, seven, 10 points in the second half of this game. So if the Packers go up 21 to three, Boom, it's done. And Quay Walker's forced fumble right before half gave them the opportunity to do that. Now, it was an opportunity that they squandered because the offense shut off after Aaron Jones' fumble, and we'll talk more about that later. But I want to talk about Quay Walker. He played 85% of the snaps yesterday, and the Packers lived 
mostly in nickel. They played nickel basically the entire game. So they're asking Quay Walker to do a million different things. They're asking him to hold up in space or in coverage. And then he had some pass, uh, pass rushing. I almost said pass blocking, but pass rushing reps yesterday too. And, and getting in and around the pocket. He kind of just runs around everywhere. Last week, we had Perry Goldstein on, I think it was on Thursday. Pax What She Said podcast. You should follow her, listen to her pod. It's very good. And we talked about Quay, and I basically told Perry, look, I don't know what to make of Quay Walker, but when I watch him, all I think about is, man, he is fast and he is strong, right? Now, how do how do the Packers, how does Joe Barry turn that into something, right? That That's what we got to figure out. Well, they might not have to turn it into anything because think of the position that Quay Walker is in. He's surrounded by polished, experienced guys. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, polished. They got their games together. Preston Smith, definitely a veteran. Rashawn Gary, not there yet, but players that you love. Defensive line, Kenny Clark, Rashawn Reed, um, or not Rashawn, is it Rashawn Reed? What the heck's his name? Jerron Reed, yeah. (laughs) Rashawn Gary, Jerron Reed, thank you. Dean Lowry, those guys have played defensive line for a while. They know what they're doing. They're assignment sound. Rasul Douglas, Jair, their assignment sound. Eric Stokes is on his way, but then Adrian Amos is like the definition of a polished veteran. Quay Walker doesn't need to worry about anything. He can just run around. Just go find someone and hit him. Where's the ball? Go there. Hit him. Rush the quarterback. Hit him. Just run around. Be fast. Be strong. You don't even need to really worry about assignments. And his own position group next to him. He's got Devondre Campbell, who is a veteran's veteran. I love the position that Brian Gutekunst put Quay Walker in when he drafted him. He doesn't need to be 100% sure. He doesn't need to understand the full complexities of of playing NFL defense. Just run around and hit someone. You have veterans everywhere around you to handle the the logistical stuff. I love his fit on this defense. Let's talk to FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. What's up, Fred? How's it going, Grant? Oh, I'm glad to see you. Yeah, fantastic to answer your question. I'm doing great. You had a good weekend with... Oh. With your dad, oh, tell him happy was... birthday from the local area. I will, I will, I will text him right now. Um, I left that game with more questions than answers. Oh, tell me more. I I left that game with more questions than answers because of the offensive play. Okay, we scored four. We scored fourteen points in basically a quarter and a half, and then we go the rest of the game without scoring. Yes, to me. To me, that's a problem because this game should have been put away with the lack of people that Tampa had. Yeah, both on the offensive and defensive side. They needed. So, I don't know if just it, one field goal, or I mean, a touchdown. But if they just get a field goal at any point in the second half, this game is over. Tampa had no one; they couldn't move yeah. the ball. Offense just needed to do a little, little bit. Yes, uh, the defense. I was very impressed with the defense. Yeah. I, that was the defense I thought we were going to see in week one. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to see a little bit of it in the second half of week two, and I thought that defense played one heck of a game this last week. And I, there's that and the special teams were great. It was just the offense I was a little alarmed with again. Tampa's defense is so good. Like, yes, the Packers at some point, okay, they were going three and out over and over and over again. It's one thing to drive 40 yards and then get stopped or to get in the red zone and settle for a field goal. That's different than three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. So the offense, I think, needed to be a bit better. But, man, 
that Tampa defense, Fred, is, I mean, it's the defensive line, the edge rushers, the linebackers, every level of this defense is stacked. Very similarly to, I think, the Packers. Tampa, I think, is a little bit better. Yeah. They have a little bit more experience, but that was it was always going to be a tall task. I'm with you, though. I think the Packers really, at some point, needed to scratch out three more points or one more touchdown, and they just couldn't do it. Because if you if you, if if Green Bay goes and plays another game like that where their defense shuts down an offense, yeah, and Green Bay only puts up fourteen points like that, they may not walk away with a W from that game. No, no, I, I'm trying to find. I'm looking ahead at the schedule. I'm trying to think of when they'll play a defense that's better than Tampa's. Uh, Patriots, Buffalo. Giants, yeah, Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo on at Sunday Night Football. I, I agree. I think that's the best defense. It's Tampa and Buffalo. And every other defense we'll see with Philly and what's going on with them in, in late November. But I guess that's good news for our Packers is they won't have to face a defense like that for a while. A while. Yeah. But while. I'd like to see some of these offensive uh, setbacks stop being setbacks. <laughs> I, I agree but, with you there. Yes. You know, it's just because if, if they would have had it just even like you said, if they would have just put up 17 points. Lady going down at the end of the game and them not converting the two-point conversion, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. You know, you could have been like, whew, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I sweat the entire second half. It, one field goal would have made me feel so much better, and I actually could have enjoyed the defense, but I was sitting there freaking out. Fred, yeah. I, I got to take a break. I'm sorry to let you go. It was nice to chat. Not a problem. Have a great day, Grant. Yeah, you as well. That's uh, our friend FedEx Fred. I, I agree with you, and I actually have a cut from Aaron Rodgers after the game and from Matt LaFleur about what happened really in the second half, but it all kind of fell apart offensively after Aaron Jones fumbled. So why is that? I actually, I'm a little bit less upset about it after hearing these answers. It's like, okay, I guess that's a little more understandable, but I'm with you, Fred. They just shut off. They couldn't scrape together three points, and that's all they needed, just three points. We've seen that before. Like Seattle 2014, get one more field goal, it's over, couldn't do it. Last year against San Fran in the playoffs, Needed one more score, even a field goal. Couldn't do it. It's it's a theme. So I get you. It is a problem. The explanation for why it happened from both Rodgers and LaFleur makes me feel a little bit better about yesterday. Let's talk about it. Coming up next, Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. We're going to talk about the Badgers in an hour. I know everyone can't wait for that. We simply must discuss what happened on Saturday night in the horseshoe. I can't believe Ohio State wasted a blackout game on us. <laughs> Joke's on them. That game sucked. We'll talk about that in an hour. We're talking Packers right now, and I didn't want to take away from the story of the day, which is the Green Bay Packers beating Tampa Bay and the Bucks. Uh, but some news for, for us today, we, we're gaining some friends. As of today, we are live on Sports Radio 570, WMAM in the Bay Cities, over by Lake Michigan. Now, this is a Lake Superior show. That's I'll have to adopt, I'll have to adapt and adjust. It's fine. This is Great Lakes. It falls under the umbrella of Great Lakes, but you know, I'm a Lake Superior guy. However, it is up by the UP, and I am a huge UP guy. So I feel like this fits the brand of the show. So everyone, please welcome some new friends. Hopefully uh, more by the day as we bring in Sports Radio 570. And we're talking Packers Buccaneers, obviously, uh, coming up in a few minutes. We have a new segment uh, starting tonight, 
to celebrate a new affiliate. I actually forgot that we have a new station until right before the show. So it wasn't to celebrate, but it works out nicely. Um, it's called Club NFL. It is the fun, wacky cousin, the football cousin of the NBA Lounge. And I am very excited. That's it's coming up in a bit. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text the show. I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Right before we took that last break, took a very good call from FedEx Fred, who said, Grant, like, nice win. Good to beat Brady. However, the offense did that thing again, where they're playing good, and then they stopped playing good. <laughs> that maybe I, I boiled it down. FedEx Fred explained it much better than that. Um, but we've seen the Packers do this. They get hot, they're rolling, they're putting points on the board. Ooh, Aaron Jones running the ball well, and Dobbs is open, and then pff, it just stops. It just comes to a halt. And sometimes I think it's because, it's, I don't know if Rodgers gets bored or, or what happens, but they seem to find something that works, and then they stop doing it. Or at least that's what it looks like to me. Now, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, I want Mr. Uh, one Matt LaFleur to explain. However, now I can't find where I, oh, here it is. <laughs> I was going to say I can't find where I saved it. Now I found it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers on how things tightened up a bit. Not Matt LaFleur, but one Aaron Rodgers on how the offense tightened up a bit. We had three really good drives before the turnover. Then they tightened up a little bit. They went to some more man coverage, and we had a lot of penalties and just missed a couple opportunities. Okay, so when I heard this, I thought, oh, yeah. And I know this is a cliche, and it's dumb, and no one wants to hear this. Uh, The age-old expression of the other guys get paid too. (laughs) Like the other team is also trying to beat my team. So why did the offense stop succeeding? Well, maybe the defensive coordinator of the other team made a couple adjustments, tried something new, and that worked, right? And it's amazing how hyper-focused and hyperbolic we are as sports fans because anytime our defense gives up a touchdown, we assume that something must be adjusted and must be changed right away. But when our offense is cooking, we just assume that the other defense is going to keep playing the way that they're playing, and they're just going to sit there and take it. Because that's, in my brain, how things should work. The universe should line up for my team. The opposing defense should not get to make adjustments. That's not fair. That's cheating. They were playing zone coverage, and we were scoring, so they switched to man? Suspend them. Kick them out of the league. How do they shoot him or something? How are they allowed to do, right? So when I heard this Aaron Rodgers soundbite, like, oh, so maybe the Packers stopped throwing to Romeo Dobbs as much or stopped handing the ball to Aaron Jones as much because Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers on defense found something to stop Romeo Dobbs and Aaron Jones. Okay. Which, if you were to talk about this game with a football coach, again, football coaches are are wired so differently than fans because they understand how the sausage is made. A coach would tell you, well, on the first two drives, they were running this defense, and it's a match coverage, so it's not really man or zone. They're trying to read things at the snap. And then Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator, realized, why are we running match coverage? Let's just run man. We have great athletes, and they can win. And we think our guys one-on-one, even in space, I think my cornerback is bigger, better, faster, stronger, and more experienced than this wide receiver. So switching from match coverage or zone, which has soft spots to attack or uh, you know possible mental mistakes, we're just going to trust our athletes. And the Buccaneers have some really good athletes. Right, So I think once that change happened, the Packers started to struggle. But I'm not going to excuse the fact that they went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. They got to do something. I mean, scratched across a field goal, please. Give me three points because that would have ended the game. I'm not asking them to keep stacking up touchdowns. Hey, 
I compliment Matt LaFleur and the Packers offense for making hay while the sun is shining. If you have a defensive look that you're really liking, you have to take advantage, score touchdowns. And they did. They almost went three for three. They almost got in the red zone three times and knocked all of them in, which is great. That's what you want to do before the defensive coordinator has a chance to adjust. Packers offense is great at making hay while the sun shines. Problem is, once it gets shady, they don't really seem to know what to do. So the Packers offense needs to get better at possibly adjusting to the adjustment. Lots of adjustments. Big Joe is here. 608-796-2558. Big Joe, how you doing? It's been a while. Preach, Grant. Preach. Preach. Love it, buddy. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So, Grant, I'm going to start with the good, the man, and then the ugly. So here's the good. Okay. How about those Green Bay Packers, buddy? Love that. We love it. We beat Brady, Big Joe. We beat Brady. Everything else is secondary to me. Like I told you, we beat Brady. We beat the refs. We beat Dave from Monona. I mean, here's and here's what I mean by that comment. Okay. And Dave already knows this. I, I tweeted at him earlier today. What is a delayed game penalty and what is not? I'm sorry, but that touchdown should not have counted, Grant. I swear to God, I agree with the announcers on TV, and then I agree. Then I agree with Wayne and Larry on the radio. Wow. The referees swallowed the whistle and gave Brady an extra second. I think, not to dwell on this, because we won and we don't really have to dwell on it. That's the nice part about winning big games. No, exactly. we, we don't have to put these things under the microscope. I think you get right. that split second while it gets to zero. I'm fine. The one call that really bothered me was the one on the punt. And I think if the Packers had lost, we'd yep. be talking about that that running into the kicker call. He was blocked into the kicker, and he was held. That could have been a safety. Right? Oh, absolutely. And then it cost, like, I agree one position. So that's my I agree 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree 100%. And, yeah, a win's a win, buddy, so I will take it any way I can get it. All right. On to the meh. Okay. Grant, I know that you probably just don't really want to talk about it a whole lot right now because the season's still not underway. Have you heard anything about the Milwaukee Bucks? Have they done anything for announcing their promotional schedule yet? Are they doing like a Giannis bobblehead this year? Uh, I know I want to no. score one of those. Uh, I want to score one of those purple Giannis jerseys, buddy. Oh, those look sweet. Those are sharp. Really quickly on the Bucks, seeing you brought it up, uh, Bobby Portis. I don't know if you saw. At Media Day yesterday, and Justin Garcia, our friend from the Bucks Radio Network, tweeted this out at TMJ Garcia, and I quote tweeted it. But Bobby Portis was saying, hey, thank you to the Boston Celtics. That series showed me what I need to get better at and how I need to grow. And he was talking about how in the offseason working on this and that. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you what, I think, I think they're going to be fired up this year. I think the Bucs are going to be the best team in the East this year, buddy. I'm calling it right now. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Giannis for a Final Four candidate for the MVP. And then, all right, Grant, I'm just going to do it because you've already hit on it and you're going to talk about it later in the show, which I'll still have on. The ugly. (laughs) The Badgers on Saturday night, man. And you wonder why I drink, Grant. (laughs) Yeah, that that game stings. But you know what game is going to hurt worse? And at some point this week, we got to get Ben Kenny or Zach to talk about it. I just, I, I feel the weight of that Minnesota game later this year. Minnesota looks oh, really good. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. I have an aunt that lives in the Twin Cities, Grant. If the Gophers win this game, I will never hear the end of it unless me being a diehard hockey fan, mm-hmm. if the Badgers sweep the Gophers this year in hockey. That's the only way that the Badgers will redeem themselves. Yeah. All right. I'm already dreading uh, let me ask you. Go ahead. Let me ask you this, Grant, and then I'm going to let you go. All right. Uh, Paul Christ, do we let him finish the year? Do you give him one more year? What what's the what's the answer? Are you on the fire Christ bandwagon? I didn't even think no. I, we're not getting rid of him. I'm not right now. I'm teeter 
And long story short, and I told Evo this, I'm okay. kind of on the on uh, the old playground toy, if you remember it, the teeter-totter, oh, of where one person would go up and down. I'm kind of 50-50 on it right now because it's one of those things that's like, yeah, the Badgers need to switch some things up. Uh they obviously, they got the defensive coach in play with Jim Leonard. Obviously, the offense, you got to do something. But it's one of those things that it's Barry Alvarez still, but it's uh, and it's obviously now it's Chris McIntosh. But what have you done for me lately? Yeah, what do you? Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Badgers coming the, up. But the I'm, fact uh, is, I'm with you. Fact is, Grant, Badgers are still going to make a bowl game because we know darn well Badger fans travel, and the NCAA will make sure that we get to a bowl game. Uh. I hope it's somewhere warm, and then I can convince our bosses to let me go. I'll go with that. It's going to be the Duke's Duke's mail ball. (laughs) I hope to God not. Thank you, Big Joe. I appreciate the calls. Nice to chat. It has been a while. Yeah, this year, my hope for the Badgers is they play somewhere warm for a bowl game, and uh, I will convince our bosses to send me, and then I I will be like, don't tell Zach. I'll tell Zach. And then I'm going to call Zach, and he'll be like, how the hell did you get my phone number? And I said, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm coming with you to the bowl game. And then that's when Zach will resign. Uh, that will be the end of Zach at our <laughs> at our company. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network update, I'm Zach Heil Prince. Let's take a break. A new segment coming up next. Club NFL. Let's do it. We're back in three minutes of the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, we will talk Badgers. I promise. It's a very Grant Bill's thing to do to just not talk about the Badger game. But we will talk about the Badger game tonight. And uh, just just a PSA, get out of the way with. Uh, I'm not going to say we should fire Paul Christ and promote Jim Leonard. That seems like a casual thing to say. I might be a Badger casual, but I'm a self-aware Badger casual. Uh, that will not be my take today. Uh, although I'm not thrilled with Paul Christ. I, I don't know... Uh, exactly what he was supposed to do. His team was getting spanked. I guess he could have gone for some fourth downs, but an all-around nightmare of a game on Saturday night. Next year, next year we'll get Ohio State. I feel, I feel sure of it. Next year will be the year. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. I'll take some calls after five o'clock. If you want to send me a text, I promise I read them all. I will either respond to you or read it on the air. They're not just going to some mailbox that I never check. Uh, but I will take some phone calls after five. Because we have to debut a new segment, which doesn't happen often on the show. I, I, I very carefully craft and plan these segments. I don't just throw them uh, like caution to the wind. I'm not just crapping out, you know, bummy content ideas here. No, no, no. New segment. I want to talk about a few other stories from around the NFL. Because today, as I was getting ready for the show and I was listening to other shows and podcasts, I'm like, man, there's so many interesting things that happened yesterday. I need a vehicle to talk about all of these things. Maybe uh, maybe a stock idea, like stock up, stock down, buy or sell. But so many other shows do that, and I just, I don't know. And I thought of the NBA Lounge, a segment of my own creation that I just love so much. Uh, so instead of uh, the NBA Lounge, we're going to do Club NFL. Here, here's the idea, okay? I am the bouncer at the club, and I get to decide who comes in, right? And as the bouncer, I set my personal vendettas aside because I am looking out for the club, And the people in the club, I want them to have a good time. So I'm only going to let people in that will make sure the club is healthy and bopping and nothing weird's going on. So this isn't personal. I have no personal qualms with anybody that I'm turning away. And I don't let only my friends in. I'm looking out for the establishment. 
I'll only be allowing in players and teams that are good for the club. So let's do this. Oh, this is, yeah. 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 Okay. 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 So our, our first person, not on the list, not getting into the club this week. People who insist on saying Tua Tungavailoa instead of just Tua. We know who you're talking about. You're that guy if you say Tua Tungavailoa. And it's all those SEC announcers on CBS. They did it in college, too. It was annoying. The people who say Tua Tungavailoa every time are probably the type to talk about how much money they make. They talk about crypto when no one brings it up. I don't need that in my club. It's bad for the vibes. So people who say Tua Tungavailoa, not on the list. They're not getting it. Somebody on the list, the Philadelphia Eagles, all of them, they have to be in. They have to get in as the most bussin' club in town. The Eagles need to be there. They're the hot team right now. I, I need them in my club, okay? Now, the lame thing to do, which is what everyone else is doing, is making the Eagles a Jalen Hurts thing. Well, we'll have to see if you can do it in the play. Who cares right now? It's week three. The Eagles are fun. The beautiful thing to me about the Eagles is the rest of the roster, Roster's made up of uh, all these guys in the draft pick or draft picks, excuse me. All these picks that when I see them on the field, I'm like, oh, I remember that guy in the draft. I wanted him. And they all ended up on the Eagles. <laughs> Plus, they trade for good players. Darius Slay, AJ Brown, and they're buying all of these guys at the right time. They're buying low and then they're giving them nice new contracts. This is great. The Eagles are doing great things. The Eagles roster is awesome. I, I cannot, in good faith, be a bouncer at a club and tell the my bosses I'm doing a good job if I don't let the Eagles in. So the Eagles are on the list. Okay, not on the list. People are not coming into the club. The people who picked the Raiders to win the AFC West, you know who you are. There's plenty of you out there. The Raiders have the fourth best quarterback in their own division. They have a rookie head coach, Well. Not really, but kind of. Anyone who planted their flag on that take, the Raiders to win the division, I can't trust their judgment. And I don't want them in my club. These would be the type of people to be weird with women. They wouldn't tip the bartenders. Or they'd order a round of shots for the group. It's like no one wants Malort shots. This isn't funny, but you bought them, so we have to take them because that's how it works. But no, no one wanted this. The people that picked the Raiders to win the division can't have them in my club, not on the list. Somebody on the list or something on the list. The weather. The we- Yes. We never really talk about playing in Jacksonville or Miami or Tampa early in the year. We talk about playing in Lambeau in January all the time. Not that it gets the Packers anywhere, but we talk about it. We never talk about the heat. And yesterday's games, I'm thinking, man, we really need to take these games seriously. I don't know if it was global warming or what. The Bills looked to be on death's door after that game in Miami. Uh, they were going to tip over. Teams go to Jacksonville to die, like the Packers last year, the Colts last week. The heat is no joke, unless we forget, it's not just the heat, it's also the gosh darn humidity. (laughs) Plus, Al Nazard was like puking by the bench during the game. I want that in my club. I want the weather in my club. I want adverse conditions. I want guys in my club who can politely excuse themselves to the restroom, throw up, and return to the party. I want Al Lazard's in my club. I want guys who are going to go to the bathroom to puke and come back. I don't want Adrian Hauser's that are just doing it on the floor because no one likes that guy. So it's specific, but the hot weather is on my list and players who can deal with the hot weather on the list. They're getting it. Not on the list. Obnoxious Super Bowl future discourse. I'm not a big betting guy, 
If you want to bet some spreads on Sundays, that's cool. That's fun. Go off. What I hate is when the Dolphins win a few games or the Jags win a few games and somebody's immediately got to start talking about their Super Bowl odds. Stop! You're ruining it. I'm not anti-betting. I'm anti-guy that makes everything about betting. I had a great time watching the Dolphins yesterday. And you getting in my space and saying, well, you got to think they're Super Bowl odds. Shut up. Betting futures is stupid anyways. You want to tie your money up for the next five months? Have fun. Betting spreads is one thing. You can tell me about it. I don't care about your Super Bowl futures. I don't want those guys in my club. Those are the type of guys to have a girl say two words to them and then get all weird, try to get handsier. Those are the guys that ask for girls' Snapchats at the club. We don't want them. Uh, On the list. Russell Wilson's on the list. You're thinking, Grant, you can't stand him. You're right, I can't. I couldn't stand him three years ago, and I'm proving more right every day. Uh, I'm letting him into my club because you need the guy that sucks in the club to help all the other guys look better. Russell Wilson will complete the natural ecosystem of the club this week. I'm not letting in Ben Roethlisberger or Deshaun Watson. Uh, just Russ. If Russ is the if Russ is the worst guy in the club, it's a pretty good club. Uh, lastly, not on the list, and this is a little different, uh, the Chicago Bears are not on my list. And here's why. I'm not entirely sure they exist. Does anyone have physical video evidence that the Bears and Texans actually played a game yesterday? <laughs> like... I know ESPN.com is showing me the box score, uh, and I'm, I'm seeing the stats. Okay, sure. But if a tree falls in the forest and no one is around to hear it, does it, does it make a sound? I can't put the Bears on my list because I'm actually not sure they're playing games. I, these games are televised in tiny markets. No one talks about them. I, I saw them on none of the wrap-up shows, Football Night in America. Nobody talked about them. And I can't put them on the list of my club because I'm not sure they're real. And if they're not real, then they're not going to show up, and then I've reserved the spot for the Bears that, like, now the the Lions can't get in. I don't want to turn Dan Campbell away because I'm not really sure if the Bears are real. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> that is Club NFL. We're going to do it every Monday. Talk about some big stories. So you can always submit next week if there's someone you think should be on the list. Submit them, and maybe we'll let them into the club. Again, nothing personal. I'm looking out for the club. I want everyone to have a good time in the club. So that's, that's who I'm letting in. Let's take a break. We'll come back, talk more Packers, Bucks, Badgers before too long as well. Pressure steps away, throwing tip, incomplete. The Packers are going to win it. Devondre Campbell says no, no. He got his hands on it, and Green Bay's going to hang on. One thing we always talk to our guys about, how do you respond when adversity strikes? And I thought our defense, you know, allow a touchdown there on the two-minute drive and reset themselves and play that final play. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Club was kind of bussing, no cap. For real. I hate myself. <laughs> uh, I got a tweet here from Josh, uh, who doesn't like that I'm letting the Eagles into the club. He says the Eagles, um, they have horrible fans who threw beer at elderly people. Screw the Eagles. I'm not letting Eagles fans into the club. Are you even listening, Josh? Letting in the players, the roster, the fans. We can see if we'll let a fan base in next week. We're not judging fan bases this week. 
Also, should we let Wisconsin Badger fans in the club? The students don't even show up until way after kickoff, and they leave after jump around. Why is that? Call and text. Let's talk about that for the next half hour. <laughs> uh, thank you for the tweet, Josh, though. You got to hold me honest. No, we're not letting Eagles fans in the club, just the Eagles themselves. And again, as the bouncer, I, you know, you're almost a vibe curator. You know, who's on the list? It's got to be exclusive, but not too exclusive. That's why we let Russell Wilson in, because every party needs a pooper. And if your party pooper is Russell Wilson, you're actually in a pretty good spot as a party. That's why we're not letting in Ben Roethlisberger or Deshaun Watson. I'm not really sure if I can use that as a joke. I I feel like the Roethlisberger thing, that's aged enough. I don't know if the Watson, I'm going to leave Watson out of this. I'm not letting Ben Roethlisberger into my club. Lennon Russell Wilson. Every party needs a pooper, so let's hand-select our pooper to be relatively harmless. In a loud club like Club NFL, Russell Wilson can only make so many people feel weird, which is why we're going to let him in. He'll make every other guy look great by comparison. We love Tua. I mean, if Tua's in the club, oh my God, we'll flock to Tua because uh, Russ, mm -mm, not going there. Uh, Jimmy G, maybe just on his looks next week, we can reevaluate. But then again... If we let Jimmy in, then that makes every guy look worse by comparison. You can see this isn't an easy job. Like, are you guys realizing that as the bouncer of this very, very, very exclusive club that it's it's going to be a challenge? I need to think about these things. <laughs> this is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had a great weekend if you're just joining the show. A lot of good football. I mean, not for the Badgers, but hey, our Packers got to win, and I'll take it one and one for our teams. And I guess I, as an owner of the Packers, it means a little bit more. I'm, I'm not an owner of... The Badgers, that's not how college sports work. We will talk about the Badgers and uh, that Ohio State debacle coming up at 5.30. We'll get there. 608-7... Pete, I'm sorry. Pete, I just saw your text, and I, I that, that actually got me to stop talking. <laughs> Pete says, Najee Davenport is a great party pooper. Yeah, uh, another, yes. Along, you're thinking along the right lines, Pete. Thank you. 608-796-2558. Appreciate everybody that's texted. If you want to give me a call, I'd love to chat. And you can tweet me as well, at Wisco Grant. I'm just relieved about the Packer game yesterday. I know that winning 14-12 to is not a game that will make you jump up and down. Also, I, I find it funny that so many of the things that have happened through the first three weeks of the Packers season, we predicted. Like week one, the offense looked a little out of sorts. You know, didn't have the chemistry with the wide receiver. We had talked about that all of training camp. We had conversations on this show. I talked with callers and texters and guests where it's like, yeah, the early part of the season might be a little bit of a struggle. Oh, there's going to certainly be a, a, a learning curve. There's certainly. And then when it happened in week one, we all lost our minds. It's like, hey, we prepared for this. We trained for this. And yet when our team loses and doesn't look good, we still lose our minds. But it was expected, right? And I think... Uh, something that we said a lot during the offseason and, and during training camp, too. We said, well, there's probably going to be a game early on in the season where the offense doesn't look good, but the defense will step up and win them a game. And then that happened yesterday. Like, that was the 2010 game where the Packers beat the Jets 9 to nothing. That was that version of that game yesterday. So we can't get bent out of shape about the Vikings loss too much, especially because that was week one. We should have known better. And we can't get bent out of shape about what happened yesterday in Tampa against a really good defense because we have talked about this for weeks. Rob Reichel, great friend of show, really have enjoyed having him on. In fact, I think we should have him on this week. I remember one or or two different times talking to him where he's like, yeah, Grant, 
I, I don't really have a great Rob Reichel, but yeah, Grant, you know, they're probably going to have a game early this season where the defense really has to step up and win it for them. Right. And, and where I'm like, yep, yep. And then it happened yesterday. It played out. Guys, we've been doing a great job. So many things that we predicted have happened. Problem is some of them aren't good things. So we're losing our mind about it. No, no, no. It's actually pretty par for the course. The Packers are two and one. And by winning yesterday, actually put themselves in a pretty good spot. Cause now they have the Patriots at home next weekend. Mac Jones might miss that game. He's got a high ankle sprain. Then they host the Giants, then the Jets, then the Commanders. We got a nice little, nice little stretch of games coming up. But yesterday's win was huge to get above 500, but also to beat a depleted Tampa team when they were really vulnerable. To take advantage of that was huge, even if it wasn't pretty. Daniel is in Madison, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daniel? Yeah, I just wanted to call and talk about, uh, obviously the Packers receivers looked uh, pretty decent there for two drives or three drives maybe. Yeah. Romeo Dobbs, obviously the uh, good-looking one in the group there. And then also um, just kind of like I don't feel at all bad for Devontae Adams. Yeah. And that is... What, what, what? I'm, I, I'm sorry, yeah. I just don't. I, I was in a couple of group chats last night that were talking about this, and it was it's just interesting to hear people's opinions because some Packers fans want to see him succeed, all the best, and then other fans are like, no, if you're not on our team anymore, screw you, right? Like, I'm not going to cheer for you. It's, it's very interesting how I think many people's opinions differ on this. I, I don't know, man, but the Raiders are 0-3. They've lost three games that they probably should have won, and I... I don't know. Adams had a great week one, but the last two weeks, it just it hasn't really been there. Well, I mean, he's on he's on my fantasy team, so I'm actively rooting for him, yeah. like to help my help me out. Yeah. But I'm also remembering, hey, you compared Derek Carr to Aaron Rodgers like <laughs> multiple times in the off season, yeah. so maybe he kind of deserves a little bit of what's coming to him. I don't know. And he got you That's a touchdown my... yesterday. By the way, Devontae Adams had. Three fewer receptions and over 100 fewer yards than something called a Mac Hollins, who had eight catches for 158 <laughs> yards. This was the week of the no-name wide receiver. So even worse for Devontae Adams this week. But, yeah, I, I don't know. You're going to the worst team in your division. I, I wonder if Devontae Adams is going to miss the winning. I know he wants to accomplish a lot of individual goals for himself. I think he wants to try to become a Hall of Famer and wants to have this long career with plenty successful. But... You know, maybe yeah, the uncertainty after Rodgers turned he, him off to Green Bay. I don't know. He could have done that in Green Bay, and I feel like everyone kind of knew that, too. Yeah. Maybe he was the only one who didn't. I don't know. I processed that. And then he went to the to the AFC where he's got to go against Patrick Mahomes and an up-and-coming, uh, well, we thought before the season, I guess, an up-and-coming division, right? But, yeah, where do we uh, stand on that, by the way? I I don't know. I, I feel like not, there's – I don't know. I, I'm with That's you. a pretty ugly-looking pretty ugly looking division right now. Uh, I think they have, an o, they have one of the only 0-3 teams, and mm-hmm. their best team is Kansas City, which got beat by a pretty not great Colts team yesterday. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, I'm trying to figure out which team turns it around and plays better, if it's the Chargers or if it's the Broncos. I don't really have a ton of faith in in Russell. I think Russell Wilson is what he's always been. I don't think Seattle was holding him down and preventing him from being this all-time great passer. The Chargers, man, I I like Brandon Staley, but every time something goes poorly and I hear him talk about it, I like him less. Like with Justin Fields out there, they're down multiple touchdowns. He's got broken ribs. 
And Brandon Staley's talking about like, well, we wanted to get some good momentum for next week. It's like, dude, what are you talking about? That makes no sense. I just, I don't know. The Staley thing, the Chargers, I, I don't know. The AFC West might not be that great. I don't know, Daniel. Who knows? Guess we'll have to see next week, right? Yeah, I guess we'll wait. Hey, I appreciate the call. Thanks. That's our friend Daniel in Madison. And that's talking AFC West. That's the content you come here for. 608-796-2558. Ooh, Daryl with a good text. The Packers took advantage of the opportunity at the right moment. The Bucks' delay of game penalty came pushing them back. Then Campbell's deflection was an opportunity won. You win when you take advantage of those opportunities. Brewers lose because they waste those opportunities. Hey, the Brewers had a nice weekend. I know they lost yesterday, and that's the only thing that matters today. Because everyone watches the Sunday game and we don't talk about Saturday or Friday because that's ancient history by 4 p.m. when this show starts. Brewers had a good weekend. Don't be throwing strays their way that, like that, Daniel. That's, that's not necessary. Yeah, Devondre Campbell, that was the coolest way to end the game. He got up. He looked like Willie Adamas going way up in the air and tipping it down. And look, I think it was a good thing he did. It looked like Darnell Savage was holding up content on the back end but he was really tight in coverage. And what really would have been a bummer is if Savage broke that up and then they throw a pass interference flag, right? And it's like, oh, you're going to decide the game on a pass interference. You know what I mean? That would have sucked. So Devondre Campbell going up and getting the ball and taking that out of the equation and just settling it right then and there, really cool way to to end the game for sure. And thank you, Daryl, because I hadn't really talked about Devondre Campbell. We were talking about Quay Walker uh, and a little bit about Rashawn Gary, but we had not mentioned Campbell. So thank you for that text. Travis is in Holman, 608-796-2558. What's up, Travis? Hey, Grant. How are you doing today? I'm doing outstanding. Hey, uh, I saw you on uh, on social media. You were up at the fall ride two weeks ago. You were riding your hog. Did you get the bike out this weekend? Uh, no, this weekend I was in a kickball tournament in northern <laughs> Wisconsin for the <laughs> yeah. Ogama Christmas Tree Festival. Great time for all my listeners around the the Ogma Christmas Tree Festival. That was fun. So is that and in, we won. We won the kickball tournament. Where, oh, well done. What position do you play? Uh, I was first base this nice, week. This nice. weekend. Well yeah. done. Well done. But basically the Paul Goldschmidt of Northwoods League kickball, probably when you, when you uh, think about it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Def- it was a great tournament, and we uh, had to win two games in the championship game, you know, double elimination. Mm-hmm. And... And we did it. And you, so, you took care of business. Fun. Well done. Well, Travis, Travis is a, more of a newer institution on the show. You are probably our biggest Packers homer. So I'm interested to get your take oh, yeah. on yesterday. Oh, yeah. I'm interested for your take from yesterday. Uh, I honestly, what comes to my mind right now is comfortable. I feel I feel pretty comfortable oh, yes. where we're at right now. You brought up a good point of the stretch of games that we have coming up right now. Mm-hmm. We are in a good spot. I just loved everyone that freaked out after week one. And right now we are in the perfect spot where you need to be to go on a little run, kind of similar to last year. So I think we're in a good spot. We're going to be okay. Can I, uh, can I revel in some optimism with you for a sec? And dare I say, maybe make a bold prediction for next, next weekend? Yes, go ahead. I think the Packers are going to beat the New England Patriots next Sunday, 42 to 10. I think they are, are going to boat race Mac Jones and this crummy Patriots team or Brian Hoyer or whoever it is. I think they are going to blast the Patriots next Sunday. Uh, I I agree with you. I would be totally ready for that because the offense has been kind of stale second half there. Obviously, you know, stale, but I am ready for just an absolute blowout. I need some touchdowns, some offensive points, just 
explosion. I'm ready for it. I, I'm ready to cope with Michaels. I'm I'm ready for a good old fashioned Lambeau Field ass kicking. That's that's what I want <laughs> next weekend. I want them to blast the Patriots, and I think they will. So uh, I, I think we're going to be on the yeah. same page this week, Travis. Speak speak it into existence. We've got from now until Sunday. Manifest it every single day. Say it. Aaron Rodgers talks about manifestation. Just. Speak it into existence. It'll happen Sunday. Do you have, uh, as you sign off, do you have anything else you'd like to speak into existence and manifest? Uh, no, not that's appropriate. We got Oktoberfest weekend coming up. So, I was going to say uh, maybe something that's coming up in February. I always see your tagline on, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, the Packers will win the Super Bowl. The GBPs will win the Super Bowl. Thank Keep you. an eye out for it. Oh, that's, yeah. that's what I was All looking right. for. Have a good one, Travis. Bye. <laughs> See ya, that's our friend Travis and Holman. Where was he? The Christmas tree festival. This is why I ask. You ask someone who has a cabin up north, or I saw Travis was doing the fall ride, which I think is in Tomahawk. I think the big unit was up there as well. Maybe uh maybe Travis and Bill Michaels were in a were in a lineup. I actually don't know how they do. Do you ride in, in groups or just in one long chain? I don't know anything. I'm trying to find lines for next week because I want to see what the spread is. For Packers Bills, but they are Packers Patriots. But well, I can't find any of the lines. But my fear is I find the lines and then it's not up because we don't know what's up with the quarterback situation. Let's see. I'm just on DraftKings. You could probably look at a bunch of different books. Packers Patriots ten and a half. Okay, so it is up. I'd bet them to cover the ten and a half, even if Mac Jones is playing. I think the Packers are going to blast New England next weekend. That is a take that I just that I just thought of. Two minutes ago, and I've never felt more sure of anything in my life. Brett is in lacrosse. Let's take this call, and then we'll take a break. 608-796-2558. What's up, Brett? What's up, Grant? How's it going, man? Swell. I'm now looking forward to a Packers route on Sunday, and now that I have that in my life to look forward to, my day's going way better. It, it's going to be it's gonna be great. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, 40, 42 to 10 sounds great. Um. Uh, the DraftKings lines are usually a little weird. I think the official lines come out tomorrow. Well, then well, I'm looking at the so uh, I'm looking at the unofficial line. Then, pardon me. Um, and yeah, again, I, yeah. I'm not a gambler. DraftKings I, I, is trying to get you to bet early. Well, if I can bet the Packers cover ten and a half early, and then it gets announced that Brian Hoyer is playing, then I feel pretty good about that bet. So, touche, DraftKings. I'm far from a professional right, gambler. Right. Actually, you bet early, you get some. Depending on who you want to bet, you can get some pretty good odds early. Again, I'm no gambling expert, but a lot of the sharps, as we call them, Brett, they they, they will have put yeah. a lot of their bets in in the first half of the week because by later in the week, the lines have moved so much to accommodate all the sharp money. And we are oh, sharp yeah. money. Yeah. We are no, sharp agree. money I on agree. this show. Not really. But. Completely sharp. The sharpest. The sharpest of money. All right, what's your take on the game? What did you think yesterday? I think it was good. I think D looked a lot better. Um, yes. Hopefully Alexander will come back and be just fine. And then we'll get a couple of receivers back and be ready to roll. Now, that I like. I like that the defense had an opportunity. And you know what? Rogers said it last week when he was asked about the opportunity to play against Tampa and what this game means. He's like, look, our defense has an opportunity to really come out and kind of be the defense that we expected. Because you got a sieve of an offensive line, wide receivers that can't beat anybody, no tight ends, a statue quarterback. The Packers defense should have looked that good yesterday. So I'm, I'm glad that they did, and, and they look like the legit unit that I think we've been hoping that they will be. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what What really confuses me and surprises me is is the lack of touchdowns by an offense uh, for Tampa Bay. 
So that's yeah. cool. We kept them well, kept them to none yesterday. So that's good. Here's here's another thing. You know, I I pretend I oh, don't. No, sorry, they got one late. They they did. My I, bad. Well, they have a one touchdown in each game, and that's it. And look, week one they had Godwin, they had Evans, they had Julio Jones. They scored one touchdown in week one. Week two. Godwin was hurt, but they still had Mike Evans. And look, I know New Orleans is a tough opponent for them, but one touchdown, they got to be better than that. Let's not act like yesterday the offense looked bad just because there were injuries. They've looked bad all year long, even when they had some of these guys mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. I agree. All right, Brett. But, yeah, no, things are looking up. It's going to be good, a good stretch. Um, I did see somebody come out and say that uh, they have figured out exactly what the seedings are going to be at the end of the year. And they have Philly as number one. Yeah. And Packers as number two. And it's getting kind of accurate. I told told Ben Kenny two or three weeks ago, I said, Ben, I'm trying to figure out which one of these NFC teams is going to be the team to beat the Packers in the playoffs (laughs) because it keeps happening. And I'm like, you know, I don't think it's the Niners this year. The Bucks, it just happened. I, I feel like the Eagles are going to be that team that really ruins our year. Like, I, I'm having fun watching them from afar right now, but I could totally see the Eagles knocking this Packers yeah. team out of the playoffs. Me too. <sighs> so, I, it's unfortunate, but yeah. we'll see what happens. They also, the same person that predicted that said that it'll be the Rams and Bills in the Super Bowl, and the Bills are going to route them. The Rams, huh? So, okay, well, you can bet yeah. your money on the Rams. Yeah, I, I, Go ahead. Nope. Never. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't bet on Matthew so. Stafford, so that's just me. Brett, I appreciate the call. It's been too long. Can you show your face around this program once in a while? Well, I'm working from home now, so I'm never having to drive anywhere. Mm, yeah, that would stink. So it's just Mondays to go to dance. All right. Well, enjoy dance. That's all you get from me, Grant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a- that should be great. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> don't sound so excited. Have a good night. Should be great, he says. Oh, Brett at dance, taking his daughter to ballet. Tap? What, what, what kind? What kind of dance we got going on? <laughs> yeah. I've decided, by the way, before we take this break, that as of 10 minutes ago, the Packers are going to score 42 points next week, and they're going to embarrass the New England Patriots in the primetime CBS window. It's going to happen. I, I don't see any way other way around it. I think they're going to boat race this crummy Pats team next week. Let's take a break. We'll talk about the Packers. If you want to chime in on the Bears, the Vikings, any final parting NFL shots you want to get in, and then we'll get into the Badgers at 530. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. We're going to talk Badgers in 10 minutes. I don't normally talk Badgers. I feel like this is a big moment for the show. It's the day after a Packers win, and I'm going to allocate at least 15 minutes on the show to talk Badgers. I'm not telling you to give me credit for this, but I feel like I should get a little credit. <laughs> get a little credit for this. Daryl texts in 608-796-2558. Says, what's your take on the return of Bakhtiari, even on a limited basis? Rodgers did go over, hug him after the game. Inner friendship. Something if only Rodgers could somehow share with his receivers, especially the younger ones. Okay, well, I got to Sometimes the show is a little Rodgers hatey. I, I got I to push back on this sometimes. Like, look, him and Bakhtiari played together for a long time. You know what I mean? 
Like if you if you've known someone, you've worked with someone forever, you're going to treat them differently than your brand new coworker. For example, there's people in my building. I'm not 100% sure of their name. I know they work upstairs uh, and they're not on the radio. And I'm like, I think that person's new. I don't, I don't, what's that? What is it? What's the name? Mike, Matt, Mark. Now those are all just people who text and call the show. <laughs> that's, that's who that is. Uh, Bakhtiari. Here's Bakhtiari uh, on playing every other series, which was bizarre. Yeah, it was the first time for me. It was, uh, I think, a lot of uh, a lot of talk, but at the end of the day, we trusted uh, the head coach, and then me and Yash just bought in. It was something that, uh, full disclosure, that we want the biggest fans of in Limewood, but, I mean, it, give credit where credit's due. Coach stuck to his guns. He called it. We looked at each other. We said, hey, we're going to make the most of this, and I think it was positive on, on both of us. It was unorthodox. Not really sure how it was going to go, but it went well. Wow. Basically, that describes also every call I've ever taken from this guy. Eric on I-90 is here. Eric, hello. How you doing, bud? I am doing great. I was down in the district earlier today. I had to go uh, deliver a big check to a business for uh, something WKTY was doing. I I thought of you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's great to win, ain't it, baby? It's great to win. It is. Vikings had a nice little comeback yesterday. Is that surprising to you? You know, as a Vikings expert mm-hmm. and a Kirk Cousins expert, mm-hmm. um, you know, you might say that Kirk Cousins came up with a win there, but it was really the defense that did it. Yeah. Because they came up with two stops, right? Yes. Yes, they did. Yes. I I think yesterday is the classic game where everyone can say, like, see, Kirk Cousins can do it. And then for the next three weeks, he won't. You know what I mean? Like, this is the kind of false hope Kirk Cousins game that he gives you every once in a while. No, it really isn't about that. If you watch, I'm a Kirk Cousins expert. And if you watch <laughs> yes. him over the past 20 games, yep. all right, he has done enough to win games, and their defense has just let him down, right? Yeah. This is true. It's, it's true. Whether it was a missed field goal, put them in position to win it with a field goal, they miss it. Um, defense can't stop. I, it was. It was. Hey, listen. I I thought we were losing that game right up till right up till he decided to try to kick the field goal. Yeah, you know, and I was like, boy, you should have just went for it, dude. I don't know. I don't know what that was because if you if you go for it and get it, then you win the game. And if you don't get it, you give up the ball. Right. But okay. If you kick the field goal and make it, you still don't necessarily win, but you give them the ball at the same spot you would have if you just gone for it. Yes, I, I very much agree. Just not great from our guy, Dan Campbell. If you're not going to go for it, you would have been better off in that situation to punt. At least yeah. make them work for it because yep. it hasn't been easy for them all day. I agree with that. I right? agree with that. Yeah. But we got a, we got a good win. Um I would bring up one thing. Today you were saying that you've kind of predicted how this Packers season will go, and I just want to say to you that if you listen to Wisconsin Sports Zone Network, mm-hmm. you guys have predicted every scenario. There is. It's hard to not be wrong when you say everything possible could happen. Wait, wait, wait. Don't lump me in with all of the other hosts. Their show is their business. My show, I'm responsible from four to six. Okay, and whatever those other hosts may say right. about me or the show, that's that's their prerogative. Right? Does it right. alarm you at all 
I'm just going to listen. Yeah. It's a great Monday, and we got to take Mondays. Winning Mondays are, like, not too many for Vikings fans. So I'm going to pick on your winning Monday because you get a lot of them. Okay. Okay, okay. sure. Does it alarm you at all that the Tampa Bay offense can't score on anybody? Um. Well, Okay. This is a good point. I thought week one, I don't know what their issue was against the Cowboys, but Micah Parsons is unbelievable. To to be fair to the Buccaneers, they have faced three pretty solid defenses. The Cowboys, in in my opinion, and I'm not an expert expert, but the way I see it, the Cowboys are probably the worst defense they face, but they have the best player. Micah Parsons is unbelievable. Then last week they played in the Superdome, and that defense is really good, and they've played Tom Brady really well. Look, I'm I'm not apologizing for my Packers defense. They are outstanding. They are very good. But, yes, I I know what you mean. I I know what you mean. They haven't scored touchdowns at all. Uh, But that's still Tom Brady, Eric. That's the thing. For years, I've thought, this is the time that my guy, Aaron Rodgers, is going to beat Brady. And it just doesn't work out because it never works out for Rodgers against Brady. But it did yesterday. So I'll I'll revel in that a little bit. It did yesterday. It did yesterday. And now you've got it. So that's good. And, uh, oh, yeah, your club, all right, your club. Are you going to let Chris Collinsworth in your club? <laughs> oh, my God. I I like Chris Collinsworth. I enjoy him. I will let him in my club one of these weeks, but I got I to gotta find a specific reason to do it. Maybe next week, well, here's the thing. Maybe I got to keep Chris Collinsworth out because I want you in Club NFL, and if Chris Collinsworth is in there, then you would probably leave, and I, I want you in the club, so maybe for that reason I got to keep Chris Collinsworth out. Yeah, I don't know if I can go there if Chris Collinsworth is there. Well, and I, I but, rather have you. You know, I can, you know, I, I, I can, I can forgive him. You know, I can forgive him. All right. We're talking bad about my Vikings. Well, mm-hmm. other than that, yeah. So you were down in the district. You had to deliver big checks. I was. What uh, is it? I well, you know, uh, it was a horse farm. Actually, it's on top of the big hill, halfway between La Crosse and Coon Valley. Up on top of the ten mile hill, that's what that would be called. Yep. T- did you know that? Why well, the bar at the bottom that's is called Timmer's ten, ten mile. mile. Yeah, I didn't know the hill was called that though. Why is it called that? And then I, I have to let you go. But give us this fact first, please. All right, right down at the bottom of the hill. Before they redid that highway, there was a bar called the Ten Mile Hole. Okay. All right. That got tore down when they redid the highway, so that was always called the Ten Mile Hill. Okay. Okay. So if you had like, so if you were driving, like, say, if you grew up in Westby, and you were driving to Lacrosse on a Saturday night in a snowstorm because you wanted to go down there and maybe see what the action was, <laughs> somebody'd say, "Well, the Ten Mile Hill is pretty slippery," so oh. you know that, oh, no, right? And then you got the East Coon Valley Hill and the West Coon Valley. I, uh, I I'm trying to learn more Madison lingo. I'm going to start using John Nolan Drive and Fish Hatch for Fish Hatchery Road. I just I need to be a more well-rounded person. And adults, they speak in lingo like this, Eric. So I appreciate you taking the time to educate me a little bit. Uh, any, any road you're on, I can I give you a story about it. <laughs> All right, next time. We'll talk about a different road. Thanks, Eric. Enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday. Yep, you too, bud. Talk to you later. That is our friend Eric on I-90, uh, who's now going to teach us more about roads, which is hilarious given his name is uh, a highway. The super slab, as he would say. Just full of knowledge, that guy. Let's take a break. Come back. Let's talk about the Badgers. Sheesh. Uh, Yeah, let's talk about that game. They did not cover. Uh, Not even close, which was mostly the discussion last week. So we'll talk about them. Coming up next, it's the Wisco Sports Show.
This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. All right, let's do this. Let's talk Badgers. The people want to talk Badgers. They want to talk about uh, that Ohio State loss. We're going to get into that here in a few minutes. I keep forgetting the score. 52 to 21. Yikes. What was the spread? Would it end up like 18, 19 points? They did not cover. If you were, uh, if that was the one reason you were watching yet, closed it. Ohio State minus 19. Uh, Yeah, that'll do the trick. Yep, they covered that number. Yep, 100%. (laughs) 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Jim. It's been a long time since I called you, brother. Oh, Jim. Uh, Okay, well, I'm sorry. I should have known that then. No, you shouldn't. I'm just a nobody. I understand. I'll just go in my corner. Um, No, I I have a question to ask you because uh, I've lived up here in in Wisconsin, you know, I'm a Bears fan. Always, I mean, I've been raised that way, you know. Um, and it's so funny because I didn't think the Bears were going to win. To be mm-hmm. very honest with you, they they're hurting. There's a lot of injuries. There's, but but the coach is really a neat guy. Anyway, um, my point is, why is it that Packers fans, you know, here they they got by by the skin of their teeth yesterday. Sure. Uh, Minnesota got by by the skin of their teeth. Mm-hmm. The Bears got by by their gums. But the point of the matter is, all oh, these guys are just like, oh, man, you guys, the Bears really just barely got through that one. And I'm like, would you look in the mirror, please? I mean, hey, three teams from the Central Division actually won. And uh, But I just wanted to ask you, why is that about Packers fans? Why do they feel like they just, even when the Bears win, because if I'd, if I'd say to them, hey, the Packers got by by the skin of their teeth, they'd say, it's still a win. Uh, well, yes. Yes. Y- yeah, you know, yes. You know what I mean? I, I do. It's hard to win in this league. It's one of my new favorite expressions because I hear it so often, and now I'm just, I just love saying it as much as I can. It is hard to win in this league. I don't feel the need to go out of my way all the time and make fun of the Bears just because they haven't been yeah. good. Like, they're not you – are, you're, you're not a rival. I'm worried about the Niners and the Bucks and the teams that have yep. beaten us in the playoffs. I think who the Bears right. have beaten the first couple of weeks, like the Texans and Davis Mills or, the, you know, the game in the rain, like that factors into yep. it too. It's also just so weird. Yep. And, I, and I can tell you from, from my point of view, Jim, like I don't get the Bears on my TV. I watched the Lions because that was on the Foxes, <laughs> my parents' house, and then I got the Packers. The Bears weren't even on my radar yesterday, and they were playing the Texans. So unless you're a Bears fan yep. or a Texans fan, it's not really on your radar at all because yep. there aren't many fantasy-relevant players in that game, or, or maybe you were betting it, but... You know, right. Yeah. I think that's well, the long I, I and guess, short of it. It was funny today because I take a lot of, I, I, I have fun with it. it. It's fun. It's sports. I played it, but they kept on. And I was just in my office today. I said, you know what? Not only did they win, but if you keep this argument, I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. And then what are you going to say? I got by by the skin of my teeth. No, there won't be that. My point is, they all, I mean, Packers fans, I love some of them, and then there's some that are just, I, I just want to say pompous and arrogant towards the Bears, 
even though there's a great rival there and the history there is amazing, and if it wasn't for one of the Papa Bear, there wouldn't be Green Bay Packers. So wouldn't say be. yes. I, I I agree with that. Yes, I I 100% agree. I'm looking at the Bears schedule and Jim. I'm sorry for whatever reason I didn't recognize your number. Uh, I don't know if your area code threw me off or the little the caller ID is sketchy. So I'm sorry about that. You were a you were a, a very valuable contributor to the show. You just hadn't called in a while. I'm sorry about that. I'm looking at your Bears schedule. The thing is, <laughs> they got they got the Giants next week. The Bears could be three and one, and I still just I'm not going to think they're very good. And it's it's not because it's the Bears. I, I just I know who's on your roster. It's just not a good team. There's not a lot of talent there. Justin Fields had what? Five completions yesterday? Oh, eight. He had eight completions yesterday. And that might not even be Justin Fields' fault. I don't know. There's just not a lot of uber-talented players on the Bears. And they're playing the Texans, and we're just not thinking about it. Now, I'm not going to go out of my way to make fun of the Bears today. How lame. I can stay in my own lane. I'm going to make fun of the Badgers instead. <laughs> to be honest, though, I'm not going to make fun of the Badgers. They're my team. But to be honest, Ohio State is the Packers, and Wisconsin is uh, the Bears. This is not a rivalry. It finished 52-21 to 21 on Saturday night. What angle do we want to take with this game? You guys tell me. Because I, I don't talk about the Badgers on this show nearly as much as the morning show does. Uh, I don't know how much Bill and Ben talked about them today, but that's a four-hour show, so they have more time to get into different things. Like today, a lot of Packers Buccaneers, right? It's the day after the game. I only have two hours. We're going to talk about that a lot, you know, and I think that's fair. We do have a little time, and I, I want to talk about this game, but what angle do you want me to take? You know what I mean? I saw a lot of people who were out on Christ after Saturday's game. We're done, we're done with Paul Christ. All of them. Just promote Jim Leonard. Well, Jim Leonard's defense gave up 21 unanswered points in the first quarter. You know, like Jim Leonard's defense didn't have a prayer, a prayer on Saturday night. And and when you say, well, the, the athletes are just on different levels. Well, the Ohio State wide receiver, well, yeah, exactly. The athletes are on a different level. Ohio State is on another level than Wisconsin. So what are we trying to accomplish by getting rid of Paul Christ? Now, I didn't like some of his decisions to punt early in this game. I think sometimes when you punt and you're down, you're trying to prolong the inevitable. You're trying to postpone the inevitable. Paul Christ knew Wisconsin was going to lose this game, but he tried to drag it out a little bit and prevent it from really snowballing early by punting the ball away. I don't have any interest in prolonging a game that I can't win. Go for it and see if you can't play your way back into it. And if you can't, well, guess what? Your defense isn't stopping anyone anyways. So I would have preferred Paul Chris to go for it on those early fourth downs. But then again, if I'm a reporter in that postgame presser and I look Paul Chris in the eye, I'm like, why'd you punt the ball? Paul Chris could look at me and say, well, did you really think it mattered? And I'd say, "Mm, in the end, probably not. No, (laughs) probably not. Probably doesn't matter. But that's a little thing. Like he punted against Minnesota last year in that game. And I thought that was so dumb. It was such a bad decision. But if we're going to nitpick, you know, decisions to punt or to go for it on fourth down in a game that ended 52 to 21, again, I ask you, what angle do you want to take with this game? There's lots of different things to talk about, but I, I, I think Paul Christ is fine. I saw a lot of tweets the other night. It's like, well, he can't take the program to the next level. Well, what is the next level for this program? It's not Ohio State. I'm not going to beat Ohio State. I'm just hoping they beat Minnesota this year. Right, let's talk to Matt in Cross Plains, 608-796-2558. What's up, Matt? Hey, talking to the biggest, you know, Badger homer. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. Know, who, 
thought thought for whatever reason we had a shot to win that game, but after uh, it was thirty-one to seven, I uh, I turned it off. Well, um, to be fair, everyone always has a chance to win every game. I don't mean to be that guy to come on the radio today and be like, I knew they never had a chance because I. I didn't say that last week. I had some optimism, too, that this was going to be at least a fun game, even if the Badgers didn't end up winning. I, I don't mean to be the guy that I, I knew all along that they weren't going to win. I, they, you can win any game, so it's, you know, it's not this dumb is, to think this so. Is, this is true. Yeah. This is true. Uh, but what I, what I just want to talk about is I think Paul Chris is fine, too. But really, like, I don't know, Jim Leonard, like, teach your guys how to tackle. Like, I mean, I counted uh, at least 12, 15 missed tackles today when I – Rewatch the uh, highlights and quotation marks there. The um, highlights. I, I pity you know. the person that had to put together that video. Imagine sitting down. It's like, yeah. hey, you need to make the complete highlights of this game. That's a tough task. Yeah, and I put a, you know, I put out there on Twitter what the Badger offense should have done, uh, and I think they did it a couple times. We were we had direct snaps to Braylon Allen, which was nice. Yeah, uh, we ran sort of a tight end screen where Braylon Allen threw a pass to a tight end and he caught it, so that was nice. Uh, that I feel like that Mertz interception was kind of like the uh, Christian Watson drop in the Vikings game. He threw that interception, yeah. and everything kind of just went downhill after that. That was a um, really tough spot. Yeah. I agree. And I was really to quick jump to the Packers because I was listening to you before. That I was very thankful that you know I, I was thinking we were going for an Ebo uh, Wisconsin sports nut kick continuum to happen again there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and luckily, Devondre Campbell saved us from that, so that's good. Yeah, that was an awesome and play to of, save the game at the end. Go ahead. Yeah. And then speaking of manifesting something into existence, I'm going to manifest the Cubs sweeping the Phillies three games in a row. So the Brewers make the playoffs and uh, Adonacio and uh, Stearns, you know, can say, hey, we made the playoffs, boys. <laughs> what, a, it. what a long con you're running. You want the Brewers to make the playoffs this year to make their chances weaker of ever trying to be better in the future. Is that what you're telling me as a Cubs fan? <laughs> well, you know. I respect somebody's it. Somebody's got to re- reassert their dominance, you know. I, re- you know, I respect it. I, I respect it. I'm not going to lie. I, I think that's hilarious. That's so exactly what I would do if hey, I were you. Yeah, and I like your NFL club. I like that. I, I think we're I think we're gonna keep doing that because that gives us a chance to talk about you know whatever else is going on. I, I like that. Yeah, and Tua, not Tua Tonga Vailoa. Just for say, sure. just so say Tua. Club. Just say Tua. I remember <laughs> watching Alabama games on CBS, and for whatever reason, like watching SEC games on CBS, it just feels so uh, like Vern Lundquist and those guys. He's like Tua Tonga Vailoa. It's like okay, we get it. You you've practiced pronouncing it. You can say it. Well done. Like, just say Tua. It's easier. <sighs> yeah, and after he he got hit on that play, which didn't look that bad, he looked like he was coming out of a club in Miami. So I'm pretty sure he. Uh, well, well done. <laughs> I'm pretty. Sure, I'm pretty sure he's he's got a concussion. I don't know what they're talking about. Who Who's the Badger player? I was thinking about it earlier today. You probably know this better than me. Who's the Badger player that got his bell rung a couple of years ago and like went to the wrong? Oh, against huddle? Michigan State. Yeah. Who was well, Michigan that? Michigan State. I think that was Kyle Jefferson. I can't remember. You'll have to look it up. You'll have to quiz me out. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. We'll, we'll put the research department on it. Thanks, Matt. It was nice to hear right. from you. Yeah, good talking to you, Grant. Have a good one. Bye. Be well, Matt. That's our friend Matt in uh, Cross Plains. 608-796-2558. Who was that? Why do I want to say it was Abraderis? I should text. Uh, I'll text Zach Heilprin. I'll text him. Hey, hey, we should call him. We should surprise him on the air. I'll text Zach. We'll get an update from Mike Clemens. Come back. Wrap up the Wisco Sports Show after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers get a win on the road, 14-12 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs' defense was tough throughout the game, but Green Bay came out with a great game plan at the start. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. If you would have said in the offseason we'd be 2-1 and one after 3 with these two tough road games, I'd say that's probably pretty good, you know, considering that you would expect Minnesota and, and Tampa Bay to be, you know, the top, in the top seven teams at the end of the season. So I feel good about that. The Packers' defense able to hold Tom Brady to just one touchdown despite losing Jair Alexander early in the game with a groin injury. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur after the game. I saw him. He was smiles in the locker room, so I hope that's a good sign. But you never know. So we'll see. I don't have any updates for you. I'll have you know, hopefully later in the week. Keyshawn Nixon filled in for Jair, playing Nickelback, recovered a fumble, and made some big plays on special teams. Nixon on what it was like facing Tom Brady in the fourth quarter in 90-degree heat. It was actually stressful, you know? I mean, Brady's Brady human at the end of the day, so we're just going to play ball, they're going to play ball, and we're going we gonna to take this win. It was ugly, but... We won. We're going to go back home with this one. As the game wore on, the Buccaneers' defense got pressure on Aaron Rodgers, who was hit three times and sacked by Tampa's Logan Hall. Head coach Todd Bowles talked about the rookie defensive end out of Houston. You know, he can rush the passer. He got some pressures, and he's getting back there. The more playing time he gets and the more exposure, the more comfortable he feels. Missing three of his top receivers, 45-year-old Tom Brady had to scramble upfield on third down just to keep a drive alive at the end of the third quarter. I saw a lot of open green grass and no Packers and I could turn a 40-yard gain into 18 better than anyone in the NFL. So unfortunately I slid, I broke my knee brace and you know I had to get it on the sideline but if I'm running it it's usually not a good thing. That's Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady with the Packers. I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Thank you Mike. Mike Clemens will join us tomorrow live at 5.30. Mike Clemens is in Club NFL. I can't wait to try to... I'm going to explain that segment to Mike. He's going to be like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> Mike, there's some great guests to the show. Mike is one. Zach is another. Who They, they love coming on, but they just... They're like, wait, wait what are you talking about? You, you did what? You did what segment? <laughs> Mike will be here tomorrow. I can't wait. We get to talk to him about what went down in Tampa Bay. Uh, it was not Jared Aberderis who got his bell rung and walked back to the wrong huddle. It was Michael Caputo. So if you're listening along at home and got that, uh, I did not. Zach got it and our friend Cone Roller, a.k.a. Uh, Jack Cone Roller or Cone Rogan on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, as you should be with this show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. At Wisco Grant. Here, here's my Badgers thing. Here's something to chew on. And this isn't necessarily Badger specific. Look, I'm not Ben Kenny. I'm not Zach Halperin. I don't pretend to be. I am not the Badgers authority on this network. But I will ask you this. You should be able to say this about any team that you follow. If someone comes up to you and they're like, oh, you're Badgers. What do they do? What are they good at? What, what would you say about this Badgers team? You know what I mean? And I, I understand. Jim Leonard's great. And the defense is, is great, but they weren't great weren't great on Saturday against Ohio State. That that wasn't great. Because if if you even against a team that's much better than you, and Ohio State's much better than the Badgers, 
Your game plan needs to start somewhere. You need to go into preparation week for Ohio State saying, okay, they might have this and that and the other thing, but we got this and we do this better than anyone. What what is that? What is that thing? Did the the Badgers have a thing? I don't think they have a thing right now. You need to have an identity. I know it's something really lame that gets talked about on sports radio and sports TV, but it does matter. You do need an identity. You do need something you can hang your hat on. Ohio State's identity is we have better players than you all over the place. We're really good. (laughs) They they don't need a specific one because they're just really, really good. The Badgers need some sort of specific identity, and they do not have one at this moment in time. So they need to find one. And maybe we can talk more about that tomorrow. But we'll talk play more NFL Packers as well. I tried to brag to Zach that I was talking about the Badgers today because it's something I normally don't do. And his response was, on a Packers victory Monday, you really know what the people like in this state. All right. Uh, thanks, Zach. Guess you can't please anyone. Or or just Zach. You just can't really please Zach. You can please most people. You can't, you can't please Zach. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Cooper Rush and the Cowboys versus Daniel Jones and the Giants. What a rush and a treat and a privilege that will be. Enjoy the game. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. Whoa!